Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, now part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Remember, always use your head. You look like a dude who should be pumping my fucking gas. This isn't doing it for me. There's, I'm not getting, I'm not getting enjoyment out of this. He was a before the bell rings all star. All right, everybody, it is Thursday night, September 14th, 2023. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com. You can also find us on just about all of your podcasting platforms. Go check us out. Check out the rest of the great podcasts on the ChairShot Radio Network. Uh, Going to start off here. Uh, one of our one of our three is, is on assignment again, Jason. Uh on assignment this week, not going to be with us. So it's just going to be me and Rob doing the tag team thing. want to introduce you guys, as I always do, to the minister of truth, the father of facts and figures, the deacon of data, the shoot bear of the mindless wrestling podcast, the man with the golden shovel, and the host of the Rob the Genius podcast, Mr. Rob, with a fresh haircut again, looking yes. good. Yeah, it, has, it hasn't grown back yet. Because it, it's funny because uh, my hair, it'll go three weeks maybe without really growing back. And then when you hit like week number four, it just, it's like a damn chia pet. It just starts. It just goes poof. Yeah. (laughs) Mine does that. If I shave it down, like I'm just about due. It's been about a month since I've done mine. And for the first three weeks, it didn't look bad, but uh, I'm going on Saturday. I got to get the beard cleaned up. I got to get the hair cleaned up because we're, we're leaving on our cruise on Monday. Uh, I am the man with the award-winning and holy beard DJ. uh, We've got man, Last couple weeks, uh, aside from obviously, you know, dealing with the death of Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk, uh, wrestling-wise, not much has been going on up until about the last, about the last four or five days. A uh, lot of, lot of wrestling stuff going on. A lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, first thing I want to talk about over the weekend, I went to another NXT house show. If you guys listened to last week's episode, you heard me. Heard me tease that, and if you've been listening to this show for a while, you know I enjoy going to these NXT house shows. Um, always a good time, and and I, I strongly, I wish they would go more national. I understand from a budget standpoint why they don't. I'm in Florida. We get lucky enough to get the loop. They Where they perform is literally a 10-minute drive away from me, so it's very convenient, very, very fortunate to have that here. Uh, this weekend was really special for me because I took my son, and he, he's eight, he just turned 18, just graduated high school. He's not, never really sat down and watched wrestling with me. So I was a little concerned. Um, I was like, but we had an extra ticket. A friend of mine had to bail because he had to work. 
And I was like, hey, you want to go to this wrestling thing? And it's hard to get him out of the house. He's a little bit on the spectrum. He's got some social things. He's not all, it's very hard to drag him out and do things sometimes. And he looked at me, he's like, yeah, let's go. And I was like, okay, cool. And I was like, you know, going there, I was like, okay, he doesn't really watch. Is he going to stare at his phone all night long? Is he going to kind of zone out? Or is he just going to kind of be sitting there like, what the hell have I got myself into? Uh, man, he had a blast. Like, he really had a good time. He got into the matches. He was trying to high-five the wrestlers. Uh, right. At the end of the whole thing, he was up. He was ju just, it was so awesome to see. And, and it's hard to understand it from my perspective when you don't know the kid. But just knowing what I know and, and how he usually is, it was so refreshing and fun as a parent to see him enjoying something that's kind of out of his comfort zone. He doesn't really do well with crowds a lot of times, a lot of noise, things like that. He was having a blast. Uh, he enjoyed uh, Roxanne Perez. He called her fun size because um, she's an <laughs> itty bitty little thing. He kept calling her fun size all night. He, he really liked her. Uh, the If you've never been to, and most house shows do this, they break it up into two halves. There's like the first half of the show, then they do like a main event before they take an intermission, and then they do the second half of the show. The NXT house shows are exactly the same. And the main event of the, right before the uh, intermission break, is usually the work rate match of the night. Uh, last time we went, it was uh, Dempsey, Regal's kid. Dempsey, what's his first name? Oh, Charlie? Charlie, Charlie Dempsey and uh, Tyler Bate had one hell of a match. Um, this, this weekend, Axiom wrestled this kid named Riley Osborne. And they absolutely blew the roof off the place. Like, I've been to, this is probably my sixth or eighth NXT show, and there's been some good reaction to some good wrestling matches. I don't think I've ever been to a match at an NXT show where everyone stood up and gave them a round of applause and a standing ovation for this match. It was that good. It is no hyperbole on my end when I say that these guys could have put this match on on Raw, and there are people on the internet that would have been going, I can't believe they gave this away for on free TV. The match was that damn good. Uh, there were so many clever spots. And, and the best part is if you've watched Axiom, he's one of those high flyers. And a lot of times he kind of ventures into that kind of flippy stuff that Rob and I aren't really big fans of. But And they did some of that. There was some flippy stuff in there, but it was flippy stuff that made sense in the context of the match. But they also got in there and did some ground grappling. They did some chain wrestling. Um, it was just really good. Like, I, I can't say enough good things about the match. And Riley Osborne, I've never even heard of the kid. I don't think I've seen him on Level Up. I don't think I've seen him on TV. Uh, I, you know, I talked to the boss, um, Greg DeMarco. I was, you know, kind of threw it out there in the chat. And, you know, Greg's got a really big ear to the ground as far as indie wrestlers go. And he didn't even know who Riley Osborne was. And, and I tell you what, after Saturday night, I won't forget his name. Um... Some other things happened that were really, really good. Um, we had a great six-man tag match with um, the Gallus Boys and Joe Coffey versus the Cardiac Kid, uh, Wesley. And then he brought out Idris Sanofi and Malik Blade. And this, this match was just fun, like all-around fun. Because you got the Gallus Boys, which are rough and tough. You got Wesley, who can go with the best of them. And then you've got Idris and Malik Blade, who are really, really phenomenal athletes but they're also out there kind of doing the sports entertaining fun stuff. And they really got the crowd rocking. I like, like what they're doing with these guys. 
Uh, they did this, and I was telling Rob and Jason about this in, in private chat. They did this one spot. They go out and they they do the arm wave and they get the crowd into the little dance and everything. And you know the crowd pops for it. And Idris Sanofi and Malik Blade have gotten a great reaction every time they've come to Melbourne. So I have no doubt that these guys are going to translate into really big stars. But there's one point in the match where all hell breaks loose. All six men are in the ring, and I believe it was Malik put Joe Coffey in a full Nelson. And in the middle of it all, Idris stops everything. Tells him he calls for the music. They start playing their interest music. They start doing the dance again. And Malik is doing the dance with Joe Coffey in the full Nelson. Absolutely incredible. Buddy, when I tell you I had tears rolling down my cheeks, I was laughing so hard. It was such a good spot. Um, A couple of really good women's matches. They spotlighted a couple of women I'd never heard of before. Then they had Ariana Grace came out in a in a new gimmick for her. She's kind of pushing this uh, kind of beauty pageant thing. She wrestled uh, Lara Valkyria in a really good match. Um, then there was at the, the main event was NXT champion Carmelo Hayes versus Dragon Lee. And, and I really thought we were going to get a great match. I, I have mixed feelings on Dragon Lee right now. Um, I absolutely love Carmelo Hayes. And they were having an okay match. It, it, this was kind of awkward because you could tell they just weren't jiving. Like something wasn't, there was no chemistry there at one point. They had a couple of really cool spots, but the match itself was like a couple of messy things peppered in with some really good spots. which is really hard to, to explain. And then I'm fairly sure they called an audible and I don't, I haven't seen this week's NXT. So I don't know if they brought it up or addressed it at all. Um, Dragon Lee went for a sit-out powerbomb and absolutely just stuffed Carmelo Hayes to the point where all of a sudden the match just ended. Like Carmelo did this springboard off the middle rope, hit him with a cutter, rolled him over and pinned him. Like eight minutes into the match in a match that probably was set to go 15 to 20. So it's very obvious they called an audible. It's very obvious that Carmelo Hayes rung his bell. So it, it's sad to see that because both guys are really good. I was looking forward to a great main event. You never want to see anybody get hurt. So it'd be interesting to see how bad he hurt himself. Uh, Rob, did you watch NXT this week? Oh, a little bit of it. Uh, the, I don't think they made any mention of that. Okay, <laughs> then he may be okay, but that's they probably it wouldn't surprise me for precautions if they keep him off TV for a couple weeks just to you know, feel him out because he, he really did ring his bell. Okay. So, so we'll see what happens with that. But all, all in all, man, I, like I said, it, I really wish those of you outside of Florida could see NXT in a house show loop because I front row tickets were 22 bucks a pop and it's for two and a half, almost three hours of wrestling. It's no, no better value for your dollar as far as a wrestling show than an NXT house show as far as I'm concerned. Because, uh, I mean, because, yeah, because they, Came out here a few times when they back when they were touring nationally before COVID and everything. And I think I've been talking about it before. I've gone to, went to a couple of those, and it, it is. I mean, um, it, it is like I said, for your value. It is. It's probably. I put it right up there for those uh, Ring of Honor shows I went to as far as value live for your money. And that's. I mean, that's saying a lot because NXT is developmental. And, you know, Ring of Honor, those guys are, a lot of the guys are veterans and all that type of thing, so. 
But yeah, uh, if they ever go, if they ever start touring national again, I'm definitely going to go back. Go, definitely going to go again. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. And you know, watching this show, it's it's fun because you know WWE's future is in good hands. Like obviously, you've got Carmelo Hayes down there, you've got Braun Breaker down there, but I'm seeing some other people who are really stepping up their game. Not only some of the women, you know, you've got this Jakara Jackson girl who I've really been watching lately who I think is going to be absolutely incredible when she reaches her full potential. Uh, Malik Blade and Idris Elba, to me, are, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say they're main roster ready right now, but I have a feeling those guys are going to be something very fun in the next three to five years on WWE TV. I, I'm really looking forward to those two guys because they just, they have a great energy, um, and they both look great. They both look like a million bucks, and they're incredible athletes in the ring. I think WWE's future for the next, at least the next five to ten years is sound with what they've got going on in NXT. That's good to hear. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. So, so we got a lot to talk about this week. A lot of stuff happened over the course of the last four or five days. I think the uh, the big news story we need to talk about is it was made official this week, the merger with uh, WWE and uh, Jesus, uh, UFC, uh, Endeavor, they're now officially calling it TKO, was made official 48 hours ago, um, and, and we're off to the races here. Uh, Rob, what are your, like, let's just start off on your, like, your initial thought. Like, we knew this was coming, you know, yeah. so there's no surprises. There's nothing that, that they threw at us. Um, do you expect do you expect anything major to change in the short term as far as like WWE? Um, well, okay, so from the little bit of information we can glean, I'd say probably not because at least I, I'm not expecting anything because they've uh, always endeavors always let Dana White run just run UFC ever he saw fit. Yeah. And so they never, as far as we know, they there's no meddling. Dana White is the boss of UFC, um, and they there's never been any stories or anything about anybody from Endeavor t- trying to tell him what to do. Um, so that is how they've operated before. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so I think at least for the time being, I don't I, I don't see why they would be you know trying to tell anybody to reinvent the wheel um so i would suggest if if anything big changes on screen after this it was probably something that they were already working on yeah people need to remember wwe books at least on paper they've got storylines laid out for six months or more and then also even things like changing the set for raw smackdown that's not something i mean it's not 2k where you can just where you go on the computer and you just, you know, right. and, and change the screen, you know, or change Click the a button, on, change the ring. You know, it's not, you know, just push some buttons and then it's all changed. So, and because remember, it took them a while to get those new belts made, right? Um, it did. So if, you know, if there's some change into the product, it, well, any, if there's any cosmetic changes, those were probably already in the works. Um. I don't see how, you know, I don't think the show is going to be formatted any different. You know, right. Because, um, and so that really leaves us to basically 
um, overanalyzing if somebody new starts getting pushed or something. Um, well, that's because of the merger. Well, no. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't. You know, I don't think anybody storylines or whatever are going to be affected because of the merger, right? Um, so, no, I don't think you know. For the time being, I would say no. Um, especially since things are going so well right now. Um, so you know, of course, but you know, the business, the business goes in cycles. They're, everything's going really great today. Yeah. There, now, I don't think we're ever going to reach a point like 1993 where it's just the, the bottom was falling out of the whole business. I don't think we're going to end up back there. No, I think those but, days are well behind us as far as WWE is concerned. Yeah, but, I mean, we could end up, I mean, at some point we're going to end up kind of, we might end up back in, you know, 2014 again, you know, or something, you know, or 2011. We might, I mean, that, you know, you can't rule that out which means that they were not in any type of trouble, but it's just they weren't making as much money as they wanted. Right. That will come around eventually, okay? Um, it just, you know, it just does, there's no such thing as unlimited growth in business. Okay, anybody tries to tell you just, just unlimited growth forever. We, we, we have things, you know, we have things set up now so that we will never have a downturn ever again. Well, the best, the, 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 the poster child for that right now is Disney. You know, yeah. Disney was an unstoppable juggernaut. Like, yes. for decades, decades, Disney was everything and everywhere. And now Disney is finding itself on the ropes a little bit. And I'm not saying they're in danger. Obviously, Disney's not closing their doors tomorrow. No. But Disney has found itself, you know, in, in uncharted water for them, I would say. And, you know, that, that's going to happen to the best of them. Uh, for, before we go any further, we did have a run-in. I want to welcome from not only the DWI, the bandwagon nerds, and wherever else he can whore himself out to, wow. the commissioner of the United States of America, Mr. Performance Center Tunney. Hey, there you go. That's a new Sir. one, actually. Sir. Oh, I got to ding welcome the bell the for that. Yeah, thanks for having me, bud. Um, yeah, I feel like I just for, talked to you. Yeah, it's, I, if you guys missed it, I was on this week's episode of the DWI podcast that drops on uh, that dropped on Friday. You can go back and check that out if you haven't listened to it. Had a great chat with those guys. Totally impromptu. I I came on there with the intention of just saying hi to a couple of friends that I hadn't seen in months. Ended up getting hoodwinked into an entire episode. Whipped their asses on trivia. You motherfucker. <laughs> Rob, Rob, listen, Rob. This is how it went, actually. He's like, uh, he's like, I guess I. He, can't, he said roped into trivia like at least twice. Okay, I quote. And then motherfucker goes three for three on the questions, wins, beats me, DP, and Ray. After Ray jumps in later, and this guy, he's a trivia legend now. What are you gonna do? Yeah, it's it's right, buddy. I'm I'm, I'm a trash talker. I'm a trash talker, you, would, my friend. If, if I was you, I would never play trivia again. I'm, I'm never going to play that, trivia again. I'm never I coming back on DWI. That was my. That was my. <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't mean the second part. No, you have to come back on the show. But you like no, absolutely trivia, trivia. You know, you gotta be like, oh no, man, I I could never top that. You guys just can't beat me now. Yeah, like, no, that's like, it. That's all there was. But uh, casinos do like like. Are you counting cards, dude? Oh yeah, what? Yeah, no, he had his hand. You know, he wasn't on his phone. He was good. He's good. No man, actually, I had all my answers ready before anybody else did. The best part was poor Ray, love him to death. But I went three and zero. Ray went zero and three. 
And he comes on after the fact, and he's like, I want that trivia. And I'm like, well, we already did it, but you know what? For you, we'll do it. And he didn't get a motherfucking question right. Rob, <laughs> Rob, you've won trivia on DWI, right? Yes, I have, yes. Yes, he has. So Rob mopped the floor with me the last time I did trivia with you guys okay. on there. So... Rob is very good at trivia. Rob, hello, my friend. Good to see you again. Okay, good day, Rob is an actual genius, for those of you that don't know. He's an actual genius. So, But, Tony, I want to throw this at you. We, uh, Rob and I started off the show talking about uh, the merger. Obviously, this is the big news this week of Made Official, uh, TKO, the official brand name of WWE and UFC's conglomerate merger, whatever you want to call it. Um, the question that I posed to Rob is, do you see any changes... Uh, creatively in the foreseeable future? Do you think WWE stays the course because it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it? I don't. I, I think the people smart enough that actually would have the power to mess with that kind of stuff are, are smart enough to know not to. Like, right. You, like, you don't understand. Triple H and HBK are running your major league and farm system. You can't handpick two better people in the motherfucking world right now to run your creative and also have Vince there if they need him. And I think that's exactly how it's going. I think there's some things that are really important that Vince started with and is still, they, they want him to have a hand with what they're doing with these. I don't think there's reluctance from Hunter that Vince says things or does things about certain things, which, which you think is kind of obvious, but I don't think it's the craziness that these people think where Vince is still in charge. Hunter's show. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but, but the other side of that coin is so many people were like, on, like on Tuesday, I was at least my timeline, people were automatically thinking that because this merger went through all of a sudden Vince isn't in charge anymore. And I'm like, how is he not in charge? It would have never been a merger if that was the case. Right. Yeah. Right. He wouldn't have agreed to that. He wasn't going to agree to any scenario that absolutely booted. Like, people had him just, like, you know, packing his, putting all his shit in a box and heading out the doors the way they were, you know, painting this. I look at it as a good thing for both companies. I think they can benefit from each other. I think they can cross-promote in certain areas. I don't necessarily know that you're going to see, like, co-events. Uh, but that could happen in a certain per perspective or, or a certain capacity, I should say. Right. Uh, I thought the two big title belts outside the New York Stock Exchange was really cool. That was a great uh, visual. Yeah. And I, I just I just don't see this being a negative. One of the funny things is I, I read while this was happening is that Shane McMahon had urged Vince to buy the company like before Dana White did. <laughs> or oh, yeah. That old, like in like the early, early 2000s. And where would yeah. we be now? You know, but I think at the time, I don't think that would have helped UFC at the time because I don't think as much as kayfabe has been dead for a while, I don't think it's been on the resuscitation table as long as you think. I think it would have hurt the legitimacy and the valid, the validity of UFC at the time. Not that it should, but I think it would have yeah. because it would have been looked at as fake fighting company buys real fighting company. Yeah. You know what I'm it, saying? Be in a situation kind of like you were with the original iteration of the XFL. You know, people had a really hard time taking the first XFL seriously because they were worried it was going to be a work. And then there was a solid argument to be made that there was a bit of working going on behind the scenes. So, you know, it's, 
yeah, I, I see that. I can see where that would be the same type of scenario where people's real fighting is suddenly fake fighting. Um, you know, one one thing that I do like is that, you know, UFC now is a potential pipeline for more talent. You know, when these people are done, you know, beating themselves up, um, you know, it, can they trend if they have the type of personality and they have this, this they can come up with this larger than life persona. Um, I could see a situation where some of these guys might or and girls may make the transition. We've already seen it with a few people. And it, it just to me, it, it seems like a no brainer that some of these folks would eventually try their hand in WWE. Yeah, and well, because um, here's the thing: if because well, because UFC, if you're at the top of UFC, you can make decent money. And of course, you have people like Conor McGregor and like Ronda who made a lot of money. But like if you're Shayna Baszler, you know, Shayna was she was she was a pretty good UFC fighter. She had a winning record, right? Um, you know, she was she wasn't going to be any. Well, she was never going to be like a top contender or anything, but. You know, she again. She never embarrassed herself, and she won more than she lost, and all that type of thing. I guarantee you, Shayna Baszler makes probably four, five, maybe ten times as much money as a basically mid-level WWE woman wrestler than she ever did in UFC. Uh, so, and like now, Dana White said that there isn't a lot of overlap in fan bases. Nick Conda said that before. I now, now, some people disagree with that, but I think I tend to agree because, you know, most of the wrestling fans I know don't watch don't watch UFC. But here, uh, I have a question for you right now. I, I, I know you got more to say, Rob, but I just want to one just quicker on the horn. In the last two years, have you bought a UFC pay-per-view or gone somewhere and watched a UFC pay-per-view? No. I've done both. No? No. Um, no. I haven't watched UFC. Okay since it was the wild west all right um i then yeah to me like i watched back um like me and some buddies of mine when i was in college we watched some of the like the the original ufc fights not when it before it became civilized and um and basically it was just it was blood sport up until the final round and then one of the gracie guys was winning an arm bar or something and and then, but before the final round it was i mean it was yeah, it was like gladiator pit, and, and that's more... the evolution, though, right? Yeah, because it's <laughs> yeah. gone from like only a handful of people knowing how to actually do jujitsu and things of that nature, which will trump any bar fighter anywhere, anytime. Yeah, uh, to people like actually needing to be legitimately top level in probably two to three arts of mixed martial arts, right? Like you got to have wrestling in some capacity, whether at the very least it's just takedown defense. You got to be able to throw hands and you got to be able at some point to at least have jujitsu defense. So those are three things you must have in the UFC. That's the evolution, right? Right. Yeah. But I guess yeah. just for me, um, I just, you know, I've tried watching it and it just, it just, I mean, the, the civilized version of UFC just, it just never really held my attention. And that's, you know, it just is what it is. Um, and I, so, yeah, I think they're good. You know, if Dana White and Nick Connor both saying that there's not a whole lot of overlap, then I would. They have no reason to say. They have no reason to lie. I mean, I don't think. I don't. Yeah, I don't think they have any reason to make that up. You're um, a boxing fan, right, Rob? Oh, and yeah. Now, um, 
Yeah. See, I when, Fo- when, when, remember when the welterweights were so great, we had like Felix Trinidad and Oscar De La Hoya and everything going on in like the early to mid 2000s. After yeah. that fell off and there was really no legit heavyweight championship division, <laughs> that's kind of when I linked into UFC. Oh, okay. Because uh, for me, um, like, because uh, now I used to be like a super huge boxing fan, like back in the eighties oh. and nineties. Because um, I mean, my dad used to watch it every every Saturday. Well, we had, we well, I, so we had a we had a cable box that was colored black. Oh, did it have a did it have a did it, was it Jolly Roger flying from it? No, well, yeah, kind of. You 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 see how <laughs> I worded that, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, just to make sure that, like, you know, I didn't yeah, really gotcha. Do anything, I but I told you. So yeah, I, saw, I smell what uh, you're cooking there. Yeah. Yeah. So we we ordered a lot of of boxing matches. Okay. <laughs> okay. Got gotcha. you. Scramble. Um, it, it, I was kid. a kid at the time. I was a kid at the time. You can't come after me. Yeah. No. <laughs> gotta blame. Gotta blame. Pa, gotta blame Papa Tunny. <laughs> and my last name is Tunny. <laughs> God. <laughs> Yeah, we're interesting, entering some interesting times to be a wrestling fan, and more specifically, a WWE fan. Uh, you know, we're 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 now entering the the era where Vince McMahon is not the sole owner. You know, and and obviously, or I should say, a um, majority shareholder, because um, he hasn't been sole owner in quite a while. But it's it's an interesting era now, and in but I still people are acting like now Vince suddenly has someone to answer to. And I, I don't think that's the case. I think he's always had, you know, a board of directors for the last 20 years that he's had to answer to. He still held a controlling, you know, interest there. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens with WWE in the next. I, I'm interested in the long game, the five to ten. You know, the one to five, I don't think much changes. I don't think anything goes on. I did see some some people kicking around the idea of WWE maybe introducing some more secondary titles, like a trios tag belt, or maybe a like a TV title or something like that. Personally, I'd like to see a TV title. I was always a fan of TV titles. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that idea. Um, I, I'm yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I'm for me going back to the old NWA days. Uh, I think it's a good idea. And um, I think I think it would now. Of course, the the only but there's always there's always the conundrum that okay, we're going to make the secondary title. For the people who don't get on TV as much, but then if you only have the people fighting for it who aren't on TV as much, they still don't get it on TV that much anyway. Yeah, but you can make those little five to five to nine minute work yes. rate matches and, and carve out plenty of time, especially on Raw. You know, there's yeah. a three hour yeah. show on Raw. You can carve out you know five to nine minutes of a TV match of a TV title match. Yeah, you absolutely could, and it's you know just the guy commit to it. I mean, that's all it is. Like somebody like Chad Gable would be perfect for that. Yeah. Because you know, because look, he's not going to be something. We know that, and he's not going to be the world champion. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but <laughs> T- Tony salivating over here. Tony, you got a thought? Yeah. I have. I've been. I've had the perfect title structure for WWE for a long time. Oh, let's I, hear even, it. I don't even write articles, and I've written an article on this one. <laughs> I have very, I've written like a handful of articles because besides like doing the staff picks, but right, there should only be one world champion. That's it. Okay. The IC title and the US title should should serve as the the show's champion. That way, the world goes back and forth on the main roster. Okay. Okay. I'm with you so far. I need a tag team title for the men on each side. Okay. 
I need a tag team title for the women that goes across both shows. Okay. I also need a women's champion on both shows. And I have a TV title. And that TV title can be defended, has to be defended once a week, whether it's on a pay-per-view, a SmackDown, a Raw, or even an NXT. I'm okay with that. Yeah, and maybe if you build up your women's division enough, you can have a secondary title that would go across both shows, and yeah. kind of like a TV title for the women. Now, maybe that's what they're trying to do with the North American Championship. Maybe they're trying to eventually get that to be that cross-branded TV championship. I'd be okay with that. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. Is that really what they're doing, or they just gave Dominic something? Because it's literally the lowest title on the totem pole. It is, but isn't that what a TV title would be? Depends on who's carrying it, just like for Dom right now. But the the unfortunate thing is they don't implicate that. Like, he's not showing up on NXT every week, too, and I think he should be. Yeah. I really do, at least twice a month, because I not only would it help NXT, it would help Dom. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and that's, what, that, well, that's one of the tricky parts when they have a main roster person when an NXT belt is that... They're they're not there every week. <laughs> they never are. Um, but I mean, I like that structure you have, and because I think certain for certain <laughs> things, you need, certain things you need. Like I do think you need a women's title for each show, for Raw and SmackDown. I do think, yeah, I agree. I think you, I do think you need a tag team title for each show. Um, and. No, no, they were doing last year, you know, late last year or up until, you know, earlier a few months ago, they were basically Roman was the world champion and then the U.S. and Intercontinental champions were the main, they were kind of like the show champions. Uh, I mean, the best thing to do would be to get rid of the fucking roster split, have one women's champion for everything, have one men's championship for everything on the men's side. You have the IC and U.S. serve as show champions, so those people who own those titles mainly are on those shows. And then, and only then, would you be able to incorporate not only a TV title, but a secondary title for the women, where the women's division is across both shows. Everything, you, the, get rid of the brand split, to me. Your split is, NXT is your minors, this is your majors. Let's, let's, let's separate it that way instead of splitting its roster. I don't like that. Now. Well, I mean, it's only it's split because they get paid by two different networks for two different. Right, <clears throat> and it really is at this point a matter of convenience. Amazon and uh, Disney are the front runners right now. Really, well, for for TV rights, you really well, think with everything? Dick, we just talked about Disney. You really think they're going to spend the money on? But then again, this is this is a, a guaranteed money maker for them. Yes, that's. That's spending money to make a fucking lot more. So money. yeah, I just answered my own question as I was asking it. Yeah, the the answer is yes. If you're Disney, you spend money for WWE TV content. The funny thing yeah. is, is and I, and I know you, I, 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 it looks like uh, Iger is almost positioning Disney to be sold to Apple. <laughs> what is this? Um, that would be some shit. Yeah, um, it's. Um, no, I think my guess would be is I still I just don't see where one of these streaming services would only want would only buy Raw or SmackDown because there's no look there's no incentive to I'm not like I don't have Apple TV or whatever right 
if Apple TV, if Apple buys Raw or SmackDown, I'm not going to subscribe to Apple TV only to watch Raw. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not, because I don't do that now. <laughs> <laughs> you if are. That's, and you if want that's to know, literally, that's you the want only to know how thing. I can, ju- I can justify it for you. Okay. How much you used to spend on a pay per view every month? Fifty bucks, and that's when. And now, and, and during the height of the Monday Night Wars, me and my cousin Alex, we used to get both both company shows, and you know, we we would split the cost. That was in so our for, young days before we had kids and we had money. So yeah. now for then we had kids and we don't have any money. <clears throat> so now for ten dollars a month, you can get Raw, SmackDown, and pay per views. Five for Apple. Well, I, no, I no, I see. That's why I said, I said just Raw or SmackDown, or you know. So, Tony, you're Peacock. talking about them getting all the rights kind of like Peacock has. Yeah, because, I mean, if, if they buy all the stuff that Peacock is streaming right now, then that's different. I'll just dump Peacock and get Apple TV. Absolutely. I'll drop but, Peacock tomorrow. But if it's if it's, raw on, if, it's tomorrow. if it's raw on Apple TV and then everything else where it is right now, I'm not subscribing to Apple TV just to watch Raw. I, this is how I'm looking at it. I, I might because we currently pay for Hulu. And the only thing that I watch on Hulu is the 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 Raw, the SmackDown, and the NXT replays because it's the next day on the Peacock, and even before that on the WWE Network, a live episode of Raw would take Once. six weeks at least before it would be would be aired, and I would be so far behind on everything. So yeah, if I want to keep up, obviously I do a podcast about wrestling, and I can't watch it live because we don't have live TV. And, you know, my time wouldn't allow it anyway. I try to cram it all in on the weekends so that I can, one, enjoy the content that I like to consume, and then, two, talk about it on my podcast. That's my benefit of having DirecTV. I DVR it, right? Yeah. Like if I'm home and nothing's going on, I'll, I'll, I do like watching live when big things happen. I'll tell you what. Um, you're listening on Saturday. Um, we're recording Thursday. Sorry to blow up kayfabe. DWI was also recorded today. So DJ and I have seen a lot of each other. <laughs> yeah. But tomorrow night, as we record for SmackDown, if I'm home, which I think I will be, and I not nothing going on, I want to watch John Cena live on the Grayson Waller effect. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely something to be said for catching it live. It's I get a lot of stuff spoiled for me, but again, I'm not about to go out and pay for you know, direct TV or cable or anything like that. We have way too many streaming services for me to justify spending even more money on cable just so that I can watch live wrestling. Um, so, but it, it's going to be interesting to see where these TV rights go. And then what are they, what is it next year? They really start making the. Um, well, I think they're, ne- they're negotiating How now. Much I is think. It gonna be? How much is it going to be? Yeah. Um, Wasn't it 6 billion from Fox and 2 billion from NBC last time? Plus, plus another three billion from Peacock for the network and the pay-per-views. They did eleven billion dollars in contracts. If I I remember correct, I thought I didn't think it was that much. I thought I think they got I thought they got a billion total for. I thought it was a billion each. Yeah, like a billion over the four years from Fox and from USA, and then yeah, it was like three hundred million a year for X amount of years or something like that, which I think is what is currently on the table. Yeah. Um. So, okay. I mean, I think a lot of this is just kind of negotiating, posturing kind of stuff. Um, because I mean, if I ran a streaming service, 
I wouldn't, you know, considering that putting something on streaming, you're automatically reducing the audience. Um, and then, you know, there's just there's a lot of just different things there. So if if I'm a streaming service, I wouldn't I would want more than just Monday Night Raw or just SmackDown. Um, I would want, you know, pay something you more. You want I mean, because well, I mean the, the biggest the biggest thing is the pay per views because the the biggest driver of view viewing on the streaming services is like the the new live content. And for that, and, that, and that's the pay-per-views. That's the that's the biggest driver. So, I mean, if I'm a streaming service, if I'm only paying for the for the TV show every week, something where, I mean, I'd have to have some type of really hyper exclusivity as far as broadcast because, I mean, why get a subscription to Apple TV if you can watch the YouTube clips? Not even you know an hour after it's over. And get enough, get what you need. You know why subscribe to Apple TV, for example. Um, so they they got just. I mean, they need they need to have more than just Raw or SmackDown to, for it to be worth their while. So I think ultimately, look, I think they're going to they're going to at least for the short term, they'll re up, and then now when the Peacock deal is up, and then they can potentially move everything. That's when you might that you know they're going to move to Amazon or something. I think it'll be when the Peacock deal is up because then you, you can move everything. And that, then, that's when the real money's going to come in. Like yeah, I expect that deal to really really make some money, especially especially with this merger. The problem with WWE is they're so good that if you just read results and tune into the pay per view, like the vignettes before the matches give you everything you need to know, and they really suck you in if you don't know anything. Like, the less you know coming into a pay-per-view match and watch a vignette, the more you love it. Yeah. And, and there's been many times over the years that I've been like that. Like, there was a period of time where I didn't have any streaming service. I didn't have cable. So, you know, whatever I could get online, you know, I would catch what I could there. And then, you know, when I would do watch the pay-per-views, um, they, they would encapsulate everything that I need to know in a very short period of time. And, you know, I've got it all figured out by the end of the whole thing. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yeah, so I think um, the the big the the real the big moment of truth as far as where they're gonna go, I think is when the Peacock deal is up. Uh, yeah. Because cause then that that's the back catalog, that's the live pay per views, right? What, um, once WWE's done with the cock, we'll know what's going on. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, um, so and I I think a lot of this stuff is just so it wouldn't surprise me if they if, even if they sign just like short term deal with these networks for. Uh, you know, to the so that everything lines up when the peacock yeah. ends, because the the peacock deal again the, the live pay per views is where the real meat of everything is as far as streaming. So that I mean that's 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 the real question I think. Not, I saw not, that. Not Raw or SmackDown, because 
Yeah, I think it's it's I think it's best. It's more convenient and better for everyone involved. Just status quo with Raw or SmackDown, and, you know, until the Peacock thing is up for. Yeah. Right. Well, let's move on from the merger. We got a bit more to talk about here, but before we do, I want to invite you to go over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. From there, you can check out all the t-shirts from your favorite chair shot radio network podcast, including this one, the mindless wrestling podcast. We've got a t-shirt up there. Go check it out. Pick one up in soft style. Your body will thank you. We, the starting artists will thank you. That is prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. I want to get into something that we talked a little bit about last night on the DWI podcast, and that is the return of Nia Jax. <laughs> and I know the shoot bear is coming out of the gate hot tonight. He's got the golden shovel with him. He's got a lot to say about the Nia Jax situation. Uh, <laughs> if you listen to the DWI podcast, you know my thoughts on it. You know Tony's thoughts on it. We're both all in on Nia Jax. I love it. I thought the segment with her, Rhea Ripley, was incredible. Uh, I'm going to first... Turn the floor over to our guest, uh, Mr. Tunney. He can offer up any words that he hasn't already said. I, I'm i glad she's back. Um, I just kind of echo my sentiments. I, I didn't have much else to say than I did yesterday. I'm glad she's back. Like, she brings a certain legitimacy. She's like Big Show. She's like Andre the Giant, right? And they leaned right into her dangerous side with the big bonsai drop and the whole face slap and everything else. So... I appreciate it. I think it adds a jolt to the division. I know we all talked about waiting for a, a legit contender for Rhea Ripley as well. So I'm good with it. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy about yeah. it. I was happy to see her come back earlier in the year, and I was waiting for her to come back again. And I think they were just waiting for the right time. Yeah, I, I won't go long. I'll reiterate what I said on the DWI podcast. I agree with you, Tony. I think she's great for the division. Uh, and then Rob is going to take the wheel on this one and then kind of, you know, uh, build on what I'm saying. Unfortunately, she got a bigger reaction than your favorites did. Mr. Rob? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, to that, um, you go back to the Royal Rumble this year, she got a bigger reaction than most of the women in that match. Okay. And I know we had, I mean, we, and that's clear. Um, like y'all said, she adds a legitimacy to that division now because, sorry, folks. Well, you, you saw a month, a few weeks ago when they had Candice LeRae go out there and wrestle with everybody. The match was over in like three minutes. Okay. And then the week before that, they had Indy Hardwell wrestle with Ripley and it was over in like three minutes. Okay. Um, and that's, you know, without somebody like Nia Jax coming in, we're looking at more of that. Okay. Um, because I mean, yes, Raquel Rodriguez physically, you know, matches up with Rhea Ripley, but it's it's pretty clear now that that train ain't leaving the station, bro. <laughs> okay, as far no, as I, I think I said that on our uh, on our payback uh, yeah. wrap up, they they kind of exposed Raquel a little bit. Yeah, in that so, match with Rhea. Um, you know, um, so if you want if you want any, because look, I think it's they're going to go with Rhea and Becky at WrestleMania. So between now and then, you need you need legitimate contenders. You need people who the general audience will look at and say, "Yeah, she has a chance." And I'm sorry, I don't look. If you watched Candice LeRae in PWG when she was doing intergender matches and was bleeding all over the place, I know you think she has a legitimate chance, and you you're wondering, well, why don't they just have Candice LeRae give her a real match? Okay. 90% of the people watching, maybe 95% of the people watching didn't watch that. They don't, they didn't see that. They don't know anything about that. They look at Rhea Ripley, they look at 
Candace LeRae, and they and it's they you know they think dead meat. Okay. You, you fundamentally do not understand what WWE puts on its TV every single week. And yeah. I love Candice LeRae. I said that on the DWI podcast last night. I love Candice LeRae. I want the world for her. I think she's a, an incredible wrestler and probably a really awesome gal. Like, legitimately. But with what WWE puts on TV, with what it's presenting in Rhea Ripley, when you stack her and Candice LeRae, the characters that you see on TV, not the people that you think you know, the characters on your TV, Candice LeRae, unfortunately, aesthetically, as Rob would say, looks less than. And and look, and that look that whole division, because look, look they moved all the contenders, they moved all the people who could give her a fight, they moved all into SmackDown. <laughs> they're they're on SmackDown. That was something Dan was saying. DPP, he was like. They they have done nothing to really build up anyone other don't, than Rhea. Don't put that guy over. I'll put Dan over on my show all you want, pal. You can hate on him on your show. You're the you're the chief on your show. I'm guiding the ship, and DPP guy. goes over on my show, buddy. We, we hate him on bandwagon nerds too. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I mean, when, well, look, Charlotte was already on SmackDown. Bianca went to SmackDown. Oscar went to SmackDown. You know, um, Damage and Joe Bailey and EO, they all went to SmackDown. Okay. Yeah. And so that left, I mean, you hold off Becky as long as you can, obviously, because once you do it, then, then what? Um, but other than that, I mean, we know also Natty gave her a tough match, but we know Natty can give you a tough match when Natty's not going to beat you. I mean, we know that in a title match. Um, so other than that, it's, there was, like I said, we know, you know, Raquel, that train, like we said, that ain't happening. Um, so, there was nobody else there. Yeah. I mean, they, they there, needed somebody there. credible and, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's just, um, cause look, if it were a shoot fight and they would be in different weight classes. Right. Like, I mean, think about like in, in shoot fighting, they have weight classes. If it was a shoot, Candace LeRae would not wrestle real Ripley. Nikki Cross would not wrestle real Ripley. Um, you know, you know, Tegan Knox and Liv Morgan and all that. If it was a shoot, that none of those women would even wrestle Rhea Ripley. They wouldn't get a chance to wrestle Rhea Ripley. They'd be in a different weight class, okay? Um, so, and people who watch wrestling, even though it's not the same as boxing, you still, you know, it's, there's just enough similarities where, you know, buying the, the smaller, much taller person against the much bigger person is still, it's a hard sell. And I don't know. So, some of these people that are out there whining, complaining, legitimately thought Marco Stunt was something. So, but yeah, you but, know, but you need, but you need. Sorry, not, not sorry. Yeah, I mean, right, I know, but I'm an asshole. Go ahead and but, say well, but, it. But, but, but look at it like this. Okay, I saw, I watched on YouTube. It was an indie match between Gunther and Ricochet, and they had a video game match where they did all their shit, and Gunther sold all Ricochet's stuff. And but it was ridiculous and, and stupid. Okay. Yeah. They would not have that match in WWE. In fact, they've had matches against each other in WWE and they didn't go that way. All right. Um I, I take two people that I absolutely love, but I've seen some of their indie stuff. Uh and her name just fell right out of my head. Uh Mia Yim and Keith Lee have wrestled on the indies. Keith Lee but, and, yes, and Mia sold. Yim in an intergender match. And he and sold them. <laughs> He sold all her shit, and there were times when he hit his big shit and absolutely crushed her, and she still kicked out. And while I love both of them, 
it's very hard for me to watch those matches and suspend enough disbelief to enjoy them. Yes. So, um, so just long story short, I know I'm rambling like I always do. They needed somebody credible. They also needed somebody who get a reaction from the crowd because a lot of those girls, they get crickets when they go. Yeah. Out. And that's it is. And sorry, I mean it is what it is. And and one of the reasons they get crickets is because they don't look credible next to people like Rhea Ripley. Yeah. And um, and so it's just they needed somebody to put in there and. Nia Jax fits the bill, and now, you know, now what I was going to go on a rant about here was, you know, of course, when she came back, there were people tweeting about, oh, here's just unsafe. She's going to injure everybody, and, you know, and, um, and of course, now, no one other than Oscar came to her defense uh, very strongly, you know, over the last couple of days, basically saying, you know, basically, Oscar, basically, in no uncertain terms, basically, she said, you idiots don't know what the hell you're watching. You don't know anything about this shit. People get right. hurt. It happens. Um, you know, uh, and some people were trying to well actually hurt about that. Like, dude, really? Um, I love it when people who have never set foot in a ring try to well actually the workers. Like, yeah. That is probably one of my favorite slash least favorite internet wrestling community tropes is the well actuallys from those folks. Because one guy asked, one guy said they were like, well, Oscar, she's hurt so many people. And then she was like, wait, 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 did, she, did she hurt you? I asked this show last night on DWI. I did not get an answer beyond Becky Lynch's nose. Who did my, who did Nia Jax actually injure? Not who did it look like she injured? Not who did she work stiff with? Who did she injure? I did not get an answer. Okay. Because, because none of us had one for you. And we just talked about how iconic the fucking one injury that she had made Becky Lynch, right? Right. It made Becky Lynch. That's the it, it did. So, okay, I'm I'm going to say this, and if any if if any of you people out there have actual proof that somebody because injured means that you could not that you had to miss time, okay? Injured does not mean that you had a bruise on your shoulder <laughs> when when you you know. Listen, listen, son, are you hurt? Are you injured? What do you mean, coach? Well, if you're hurt, you can stay in the game. If you're injured, I need to get you out of here. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm sorry. A lot of us, I mean, if you watch football and you watch people get the shit out of them and then they're back on the field in the fourth quarter, right? Um, there's a difference. Um, so I'm going to say it right here. And if any of you people have any proof, feel free to bring it to me where somebody had to miss time because of something she did okay i i challenge any of you out there to show me other than becky lynch anyone who had to miss time because of something nia Jax did to them okay because right. all we get we get the same little video when she she threw Kyrie saying into the steps and then Kyrie got like a, she had like a cut on her head because she, the way she went into the steps okay yeah but Kyrie saying did not miss she didn't she didn't get a concussion no. Or anything like that. She didn't jam her neck or anything. People um, get busted open hard way all the time. I remember a uh, Intercontinental Championship ladder match with Dolph Ziggler and Luke Harper. And uh, Harper whipped, or he actually did like a slingshot on Ziggler into the corner. Ziggler posted himself, busted his head wide open. Yeah. I mean, just it, there was a crimson mask, and it wasn't a damn soul on the planet out there calling for Luke Harper's head. Calling him an unsafe worker because Ziggler got busted open in a match. And, and that's the 
like that's the thing. This stuff happens to the men all the time, and I mean, like the only the only man I remember like getting well, Seth got a little flack when he had that kind of run of things back to back in twenty. Yeah, well, I can make an argument for most of those why they weren't Seth's fault, but that's right. another but, I mean, show. He he got. I mean, but he did. I mean, he got some flack. He's the only man who I've seen really get any flack for. Uh, yeah. Um, but and you know, looking every week on Twitter, at least once or twice a week, you know that vintage Porosu account is showing clips of Stan Hansen just you know damn near decapitating people, and or they showing Scott Steiner dropping somebody on the head, or you know, and all that. And, and when those clips come around, what do we do? We all share them. We're like, oh, look at this. This is when it was really good back in the day. Right. Okay. Um, I'm well, guilty. I feel attacked right now. Well, well, I'm guilty too. Or when they when that clip comes around and when the you know Sid Vicious and Dan Spivey beat up that jobber because he wouldn't lay down, right? When they and they beat the shit out of him, right? Right. And what and do we same do? Same thing with Coco Beware when he beat that guy up. And what do we do? Whenever 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 a clip comes around, we all share it and we all laugh. We all do. I do too. Okay. And okay, and so you can't do that and then turn around and then, you know, oh, well, Nia Jax is unsafe because she hits people hard and she throws people hard to turnbuckle. And, you know, and and, and I've said this before and I said this a couple of years ago, I'm gonna say it again. A lot of and these are mostly men, fan, male fans here. Y'all talk, y'all treat these women wrestlers like they're your girlfriends. Okay, and Nia Jax, you know, she's not, she's not an indie wrestler. She didn't come up the quote unquote right way, you know, and nepotism and all of that. And on top of that, she's a big woman and she's a woman of color. And so she checked a lot of boxes for the assholes out there. And and she's beating up on these little she's beating up on your little girlfriends who, you know, who you and you don't like it. Okay, and that's what a lot of this is. And so it's it's you know, and y'all can't take it. And, but y'all need yeah. to take it because, and her co-workers don't have a problem with her. How she no, they, a lot of people have stepped up to defend her. Okay, her co-workers don't have a problem right. with it. And they're the ones who have to <clears throat> take the bumps and get hit and all that. They don't have a problem with her. Okay, so you, she's not hitting you. She's not slamming you. She's not landing on you. Okay, she's not doing any of that to you. So the people she does do that to don't have a problem with her. Can I throw yeah. something? Fine. Can I throw something out to you guys real quick that I that I actually wish I would have thought of on DWI is go for it. Nia Jax get involved in the bloodline, bring bring everybody back together. Um, I don't think she fits like character wise. I mean, she fits bloodline wise. I mean, that's it though. I mean, that's that's literally it. That she's related to them. I mean. <sighs> I don't know, it feels kind of cheap to me. I I, if it happens, that's a year or so down the road. That's nothing they're going to do anytime in the in, <clears throat> in the near future. Because honestly, like I mean, Tamina fits more than them, more than she does into that type of thing. I think. Yeah. So let's let's shift gears slightly. Let's talk women's wrestlers. Let's talk legit threats. Let's talk Jade Cargill. Uh, heavily rumored all over the internet today that Jade Cargill is indeed done with AEW after a <clears throat> decisive loss to, what was it, Chris Statlander the other night? Yeah, it was recorded Wednesday. It's it was recorded Wednesday, definitive loss in her title match 
uh, or title rematch, I should say. Um, and, and it's been, she's been off TV for quite a period of time. Um, probably one of, one of those people that's been quietly vocal about AEW's treatment of the women and, and, and everything. And now there's a lot of speculation that once she's done at AEW, she may be headed to WWE. And I want to be, you know, at least the first on this show to say that I'm here for it. I see a lot of potential in her. I think she's a bit rough around the edges. I think she's definitely green, but just aesthetically sight in front, what I see in front of me, she looks like a star. She's built like a brick shit house. She looks like a million bucks. She could be a credible threat to any woman on the WWE roster. That includes Rhea Ripley. That includes Nia Jax. This is a girl that can get in there and muscle people around. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with her. And, and I hope she gets I hope she gets a shot in WWE. I think it'll be up to her and you know what her, her uh contract needs are as far as work dates, money, things like that. Uh, I'm gonna start with I'm gonna start with Rob. What what are your thoughts here, Rob? Um, I think it, it would be good if if it happens. I think um there are a lot of just ways that, that they drop the ball with her in AEW. And now some of it, so I think some of it purely is them dropping the ball. And I think also some of it is that they don't have a lot of good women wrestlers there. So yeah. they, they, I mean, they have a few now, um, but they don't have that many who could kind of fill in that's the blanks. Un- that's unfair, I think. I think there's enough good women's wrestlers there to have this division be a lot better than it is. I just wanted to jump in and say that. Okay. Uh, I, I was reading from there, but um, they're not spotlighting enough of them. And and they're not, and they, they've been trying to make her into like a more proper wrestler and they don't, they didn't have women there. The, the women she wrestled, I should say, most of them were not good enough to kind of fill in the blanks to have good matches with her. Cause I mean, we can be honest. I don't think any of her matches were particularly good. Okay. Um, and the, I mean, and so, you know, she, look, she, she needs to take a few months and go to the PC if she signs, uh, and just do that for a few months before she ever does anything on television. Um, so they, they just didn't handle her development right there as far as I'm concerned. And, but of course, but they haven't handled like the women there who were all green when they started. They haven't handled any of their development right because, I mean, there there hasn't been a whole lot of progression to be honest. I mean, uh, yeah. I, mean, I think she could do do with six to eight months at the PC. Six to eight months in that Florida loop that I was talking about at the top of the show when I was talking about you know the house show that I went to. That's a great great learning, you know, tool for a lot of these people that just don't get a lot of road reps and AEW doesn't really have a traveling road show. I think they do some sporadic house shows here and there, but to not have that consistency in ring, I think hurts people like her. And I think you, I wouldn't put her, if I'm going to put her in front of people for the next, you know, in the, I would just have her squash people for a few months. Um, yeah. You don't need, I mean, you shouldn't have, you should, you shouldn't put her in front of people having a, you know, tougher match until she's ready to do that. And until you have the right kind of opponents to put in there with her to do that. You do with, you put her on the Mandy Rose program. When Mandy Rose first came back down to NXT, it was short three to five minute matches with 
some run-ins and some shenanigans to try and cover the shortcomings. As Mandy got better and Mandy grew, her time in the ring grew. And by the time they released her, Mandy Rose was having believable 10, 12, 15-minute matches. And I think Jade Cargill is perfectly capable of pulling that off. Right. Tony, you got Tony, you got some thoughts. I'm gonna sorry, Rob, I didn't mean to cut okay. you off, but Tony looks like he's he's got some thoughts here. I like Jade Cargill. She looks amazing. She is yes. more of a WWE talent than anywhere else. Okay. But at the same time, very green, especially coming into that business, right? So three months, not even on TV, like getting to know what's going on, getting to know the lay of the land. Like she has to know if she doesn't, if she refuses NXT, she, she's not coming to WWE. You can go to Impact then. You can go to Stardom. You can do whatever you want. But if she can come in three months acclimated, Sean's going to treat her like gold. He's going to take care of her. He's going to get her to understand what she needs to be to be able to become someone like Becky or Charlotte because she could have that ability. She just needs to know how to work better. I think you get rid of the whole, I, I think you're not Jade Cargill. I think you're somebody completely different. And I don't always agree with this thing that Vince did where you come in and you're somebody different, but I think it needs it here. Something slick, something clever. I don't think she needs anybody else, but I think three months there, 15 months in NXT, year and a half from now, as we're heading into another WrestleMania, Jade Cargill comes up. Let me Not kick you. a question around. Go ahead, and then I'm going to kick a question around. Oh, you're good. All right, so Jade Cargill, you do, let's say we lay it out exactly like Tony did. You bring her out, you debut her on TV. Rob, is she a baby face or a heel? Um, man. Um, I said, make her, make her baby face with some attitude. Now, right. don't make her heel, because, I mean, I'm sorry, you, she, she's not. You know, it's hard to believe that she would need to cheat to win a match. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, exactly. Um, okay. And, I mean, the only healer's thing is she would do is maybe beat somebody up backstage or something, right? Um, and we know when, look, when you have big, physically imposing people, um, the crowd doesn't, is never going to boo them, but for so long. Um, and so I just send her out there and just, I'm basically just, I guess. You know, the, the Goldberg analogy fits, I think, with her so well. You just send her out and have her obliterate people for, okay. you know, and then, and then, the, you know, and then the kind of crowd goes the way they're going to go. And then I think, so I think you do that. And then if the crowd is cheering for her and because they want to see her obliterate people, then keep her as a baby face. Um, if they take to booing her because they feel sorry for the victims. Then, then you can maybe you can then you can you can book her like a heel. Um, um, I would definitely I would avoid. Well, I'm not avoid. I guess like because look, I mean, I'm I'm, com I'm comparing her to Bianca. Yes, I'm doing the lazy thing of comparing the black woman to the other black woman. Okay, um, but Bianca's like the hero to the kids, mm -hmm. and so I don't think I don't think you characterize Jade like that. Okay. One, because you don't need two of them anyway. But, yeah. um, but you you come up with some type of contrast, and even if they end up both being baby faces, um, <clears throat> I think. You, but you do. I mean, Jade is going to be more like like you know the Road Warriors, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
Um, she's there to beat people up. And if she's impressive, if she, if, you know, if she beats people up in an impressive enough fashion, then people are going to cheer for it anyway. Um, right. Yeah. All right. Tony, baby face or heel? Jade Cargill. I think in an unfamiliar situation, in, in, which you could probably call a learning situation, it's a lot easier to be a heel than it is to be a face. Um, you're allowed to mess up a little bit. Um, you, you're allowed a lot more leeway. So I, I don't see why you wouldn't let her benefit from that as she's learning the ropes. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. I'm very interested to see her career trajectory over the next few months. Will she? Won't she? I say she will. We'll see what happens. Uh, let's, since we're slightly circling around AEW, let, let's talk attendance. Let's, <laughs> let's, let, let's, let's talk about that. Because I was told, I was told, now <laughs> I'm going to preface this by something that I said in the episode that never aired uh, a couple weeks ago that you can find on our YouTube channel. I did manage to salvage that, honey. It's on our YouTube channel. Uh, if you go to YouTube and find uh, the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, that episode in its entirety is up there. However, I did say I find it funny when people are shocked that an industry built on deception is deceptive about its attendance numbers. Okay? I, I, I just... Can we not play along? But let's play along, and let's 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 for the sake of being funny and and, and the bit. I was told there were eighty one thousand people in attendance at All In a few weeks ago. The actual turnstile numbers came out, and that was plus or minus more minus than plus about ten thousand people. Um, but what what I, for me? What are we doing? Like, where, where's Dave in all this? Like, where, what did Dave have to say? Because Dave is the one who has been up, and not 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 Dave Meltzer, your your favorite uh, Patty Melton Seltzer, um, <clears throat> Patty Melton Seltzer. There, there, Tony. You know who I'm talking about. Because he is the one who has been on WrestleMania three's jock for forty years <laughs> about the attendance figures and absolute crickets over all in. Oh my God! I mean, like, uh, okay, come right. on! Yeah, oh, it's gosh. been well. It's been Meltzer. Uh, it's been uh, David Bixon's band has been on that also, and you know, that, that Cheeto bearded whatever that guy. And then, and then the, the guys at WrestleNomics have been playing the kind of attendance truthers. But but to be fair, to be fair, they do they did it on both sides of the street. So because they're the ones who, who did they're the ones who uncovered this. They're the ones who did the research. So as much as, you know, we gave them crap for being nerds about, you know, WWE pay-per-view. And, but to their credit, they, they did it on both sides of the street. So I don't know. I, I guess I just feel a certain way when, you know, we're watching a product where we had an undertaker and where a bald guy drank beer while he was at work and beat up his boss for a year and a half. Um, because that happens in real life all the time. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that happens in real life, but we're going to kvetch over some, some fudge numbers attendance-wise. Like, uh, it really matters. To me, it's just, it's just it's funny to me because, you know, they've they been on this high moralistic crusade 
or the, the quote Obi-Wan Kenobi, a damn fool, idealistic crusade yeah. <laughs> okay. um, to determine the truth about the attendance of WrestleMania 3. And, I mean, they even got to the point where they, they looked at some old, um, like, photos. Brendan of- Thurston was counting sections and guesstimating <laughs> how many seats were in it. Get, get out of here. I mean, Find a like- day job. And look, as somebody, look, I'm as somebody who is a numbers nerd. I, I found that embarrassing. Okay, <laughs> that that's too much for even me. Okay, <laughs> you and you and okay. TV should have some kind of podcast, right? I mean, okay, the, I mean numerical, yeah, the okay. numerical scientist and the the genius of numbers over here. Because <laughs> um, man, it's just yeah. I mean, because as somebody who who enjoys digging into numbers a little bit too much myself, what they're doing is too much even for me. Okay, um, and but it's just it's hilarious to me because Tony Khan was you know he was waving the flag around highest attendance ever, and then now of course he he said paid attendance right, but still isn't I mean they paid but they weren't in attendance, so <laughs> I mean it's not I mean no I'm sorry attendance means that you attended the show, so that's yeah. still that that's still you know flimflammery there. Um, but so it was like 70, 72,000 people attended the show, you know, actually, it's still it's, pretty it's, fucking impressive. Right. But, and, and, you know, and to see it and, and see, this is what AEW always does. You know, when, when they do something good, they find a way to get us to talk about something else <laughs> other than the good thing that they did. Yeah. They got, they got 72,000 people to show up to a wrestling show that they ran. That should be nothing but, you know, hallelujah, celebration, yay. But, With a bunch of B-level indie talents and CM Punk. And, I mean, they got 70, almost 73,000 people. Yeah. And, I shouldn't say B-level indie talents. There was There's some real talent on that show, but... Jericho and Omega were there. Yeah, but it's Jericho. Yeah, I mean, but there but 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 any one of those either of those two guys could walk right back into WWE. Oh, walk absolutely, right absolutely. Yeah, and, and, I, I'm, I'm mostly for the sake not, of the bit. I, yeah. No, and, I understand. I'm sorry. I me, I personally do apologize when it for the bit. I apologize. Yeah, I don't no. apologize for the bit. I'm an a hole. No, no, but, um, <laughs> all about the bit, so I didn't want to ruin the bit. That's why. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. But no, okay. I will say though, uh, the one thing that you, you need to not be overlooked. For a lot of people, that is the one and only time they will ever get to see Sting. So yes, don't don't discount that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, um, I would because I I'm trying to remember. I went to one Nitro ages ago. Um, I'm trying to remember if Sting was there. I don't remember if he was. I've never seen Sting live. I would never pay to see an AEW show, but if they came luckily and I was guaranteed Sting was going to show up. I would go I, see an AEW show just to see Sting. Yes. So absolute yeah. fact there, Ralph. Yeah, don't don't discount that. Um, but they got seventy two thousand people for to, and it wasn't like a North Korea situation, okay? Seventy two thousand people voluntarily came to watch. <laughs> that was good, Rob. That was really good. <laughs> that was really good. Right. <laughs> studio lap track for that one. Okay, <laughs> um, but um, so seventy-two thousand people voluntarily came to see their oh, show. 
And so you that should be a happy occasion. That should be nothing but celebrating. But, you know, Tony obsessed with one-upping the evil empire, you know, fixated on this, you know, we got 80-some thousand people. That's more than they actually had at WrestleMania 3. And by fixating on that, um, you invite this type of mockery from people like us. And therein lies exactly what this, like, Rob has just brought the whole thing back full circle. It all encapsulates around this ideal that AEW is in WWE's orbit. Like, that they are so close behind in second place that at any moment they could overtake them. So these analysts, these people, these people who, who cape for them and pine for them will grab any nugget that they can to show people to as their proof, their shred of proof that AE, whatever WWE can do, AEW can do it too, when clearly that is not the case, when three weeks removed from All In, they're doing their flagship show TV tapings for AEW Dynamite in an 18,000-seat venue, and they, they had 2,500 people paid. Yeah, and um, so it's just stop this obsession with showing that you can one-up the, the evil empire. And like these, like these analysts you're talking about, it's, it's very similar to how politics gets covered, where there are elections which are, are not close, they're not going to be close at all. And there are people in the political media who will drum up any type of dramatic situation to, to make it appear as if it's going to be closer than it and it actually is because they need you know because they they got they need content basically yeah. and these analysts now some of these analysts have been flat out rooting for AEW because they 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 badly want a, they badly want a real competition because you know they're drunk it's off the money it's easier to write they're trying yeah. to create the story instead of reporting it because yeah. not thrilling enough for them which clearly ex explicitly exploits their lack of talent in reporting what's actually happening. What I'd like to know is how much money the dirt sheets made during the Monday Night Wars. Um, oh, that's a good well, question. During the Monday Night Wars, I want to know how much money that industry a, made. Yeah, but that was all pro wrestling. Like, that was pro wrestling. That was a torch. We had the torch in high school. So I was in high school from 90... I was in high school from the fall of 95 till the spring of 99. Okay. Okay. So that's like, that's it. That's right? peak. That's peak time right there. Yeah. So I, I, that's just, that's something I've always thought about because I sit here and wonder why these, for the longest time I wondered why are they so desperate for, for this time period again when it was, yes, it was a good time in the business, but there were a lot of bad things that came out of that era. Now I realize that they probably made a ton of money with there being actual head-to-head -head wrestling competition. Well, I think well, the, the not the, a lot of people are checking websites though. You're like ordering like a subscription to like a yeah. a, a mailer. Well, I think like the the Monday Night Wars are where a lot of these this stuff was these sites were born. So yeah. I don't know. They don't I don't I don't know if they necessarily made a lot of money, but they, a lot of these sites were birthed out of the Monday Night Wars. I can tell you, uh, Raja.com. I still visit. Um, they're still going strong. Um, and we've been in accordance with the wrestling news. Um, I don't know how back far back they go, but, but Raja goes back to like the early two thousands at, 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 at least. So 
I just don't oh, remember man. checking checking wrestling websites in the nineties. Oh, See, for, um, I, I, I did. Yeah. Yeah. And four one one mania goes back that four one one. Oh, big. Well, and Greg and Greg and Cook and and them guys have a have a relationship. I think Cook still writes for them. So. Yeah, yeah they, they go back that far, but it's just yeah, it's um. They want. You know, it, it's you know this thing they want they want the Monday Night Wars back. And because again, yeah, they want that feeling back. They want real competition because it brings certain energy to writing about it and talking about it and all of that. Um, I guess no different than in 2008 when you had Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton in the Democratic primary. It it legitimately went down to the wire and it legitimately went down to procedural stuff to decide who was the winner. And a lot of the political media got drunk off of that, and now they want every primary to be that. Yeah, and and so they try to turn every primary into that now, even if it's nowhere near that close. They, they try their best to turn every presidential primary into Barack Obama versus Hillary Clinton, because that was legitimately a down to the wire thing. And so now a lot of like in the political media, they want they want to turn every political presidential primary into that. They hope to turn it into that for the sake of content and everything. So the analysts, yes, they are, they've been trying very hard to turn AEW versus WWE into the Monday Night Wars because for that same reason. And even, I mean, and the, the worst was when they would say, like, you know, Dynamite almost beat Raw in the demo, and they're not even on the same night. Yeah, now you're creating a narrative, narrative and like Tony yeah, said, instead of writing same about night, it. You can't, it's you like can't, the late night hosts. It's like the late night hosts, right? They were all sad when Trump lost, but little did they know Biden was right behind. So it's all good. <laughs> but I mean, it's and it's just um, they, you know, when, when when I'm sorry, you can't you can't I can't beat you if we're not on the same night, right? And because we're not we're not going against each other, we're not on the same night, and yet they they're spending you know they're trying to spin these narratives like. Or they almost beat Raw. Like, no, they didn't out on the same night. Nitro beat Raw. Nitro was on Monday. Okay. Head to head competition. Nitro was beat Raw. Nitro beat Raw. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There is no other wrestling show on Monday night. So nobody is beating, no no wrestling show is beating. That's not even the strongest argument, though. No, I mean, there's plenty of arguments that you could make as to why, you know, AEW is a distant. Yeah, I mean, it's, second it's, it's, it's all, I mean, world. it's like, it's like a different planet. It's right. much smaller. It's not even a planet. It's like Pluto. You're not even a fucking planet anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you leave Pluto alone, pal. Yeah. Yep. Um, but it's just, you know, the, why Mickey, you know why Mickey left Minnie? She uh, was fucking goofy. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> 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 But yeah, it's just, just I mean, was the best. Like uh, a petty laugh into, oh yeah, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, it's just they're you know they very much so so a lot of them have latched onto the the attendance thing, and now it's blown up in their faces, and I couldn't be happier. Yeah, I love it. Cheers. Well, guys, I don't think I have anything else. I mean, we're going to talk the uh, the, the uh, PWI top ten. Um, I do we really need to get into that? I know we talked about it on the uh, the DWI. Oh, uh, um, there's, there's one. There's one name. Got, I, I was going to say I know Rob's got some thoughts. All right, <laughs> Rob. Let's 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 close it out here with Rob's thoughts on the there's, on the PWI one. top ten that was released today. 
Well, well, actually, they released the whole 500. Oh, did so, they? Okay. There's one name, and this name means something to me and you, DJ. At number 492, George South. Wow. Still going. Still going. George South made the PWI 500. 400, number 492, George South is still going, brother. That is good stuff. The only thing I'm going to say is the exact same thing that I said on the DWI podcast last night. The Shield is still running the business a decade in, yep. and you love to see it. Yep. You love to see it, man. All right, with that, I think we can call the go home here. You have been listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the Chairshot Radio Network. Again, you can find us on thechairshot.com. Uh, gonna run around the room here and thank my my run-in co-host here from the DWI podcast, the Bandwagon Nerds, and anywhere else he can manage to shoehorn himself in, Mr. PC Tunney. <laughs> I'm gonna razz you about that forever. I, I'm the guy who worked myself into his show tonight, <laughs> but I'm gonna give him shit here. I called you out anyway. We're good. We're good. I love it. It's great. It's good. It's good. It's good radio. Um, don't forget about Chair Shot NFL. Uh, Andrew Belaz, myself, and Ray Cash having a good time over there. Um, follow me at PC Tony on all the different uh, social medias. And yeah, most importantly, Chair Shot Radio Network, sports entertainment and sports entertainment, all there on all your favorite streaming platforms. Tony, thank you. And from the Rob the Genius podcast, Mr. Rob, fun episode tonight, buddy. Uh, good to be back. And, and, you know, always just be honest about the. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get out of here tonight, I'm going to plug something that Rob and I did last night uh, with uh, EJ from the Earnestly Speaking podcast. Rob and I were on there last night and we did some talking about the Billboard Top 50 Greatest Rock Singers of All Time. And uh, we got on there. We talked a little bit about the Billboard list. Uh, we gave some thoughts on who we thought should have been on the list that didn't make the list. And then we all went around the room and uh, gave our top 10 personal uh, favorite hard rock, or not just hard rock, but favorite rock singers. Again, you can find that on the Earnestly Speaking podcast. You can find that on Spotify, probably Apple Podcasts, just about anywhere that you listen to your podcast. Go check that out. Rob and I had a great time with EJ. We always do. As always, I'm the man with the award-winning and holy beard, DJ. This has been the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring, and we're out till next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.